It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to put the second quarter of the Orlando Magic season in our rearview mirror. Look ahead to the final 41 games or the next 20. I like to split the season into quarters. We're going to get name our second quarter MVP. You could probably guess who it is because I put his picture in the show title. Um, as well as ask what other big questions we have for the next 20 games. Let's get to it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 13th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we name our MVP of the second quarter, put a little bit of a bow on the first half of the season and what we saw. Why the second quarter MVP is not who you think and maybe not the obvious choice, but actually is. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I like to divide the season into quarters. The games are divided into quarters. I divide the season into quarters. And so every 20 games or so, I like to take a step back and assess where the team is at. And 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 and, and as well as look ahead to what we want to see in the next 20 games. 20 games isn't a lot. It's about a month, month and a half, a little bit less than a month and a half of a season. And so it goes by quickly. And of course, by the time that we chat here heading into the fourth quarter of the season... Uh, we will be past the trade deadline. We will have the final version of this team uh, and have a better understanding of what this team can accomplish this season as well as what they're setting up for next season. So we will get into a little bit of those questions and, and what, we, what we'll see in the next 20 games. Uh, next, Yeah, 20 games because the third quarter of the season is 21 games long. Um, that's how I divide it at least. Um, we'll get to that coming up uh, in a bit. But let's take a step back first. And really recap what the second quarter of the season was about. Let's really get into what mattered over the past 20 games. The first quarter of the season was about survival. Um, The Magic had injuries. Markel Fultz missed the whole first quarter of the season. Cole Anthony got hurt. Mo Wagner was out, was just coming back. Jalen Suggs was in and out of the lineup. Paolo Bencaro had injuries. The first 21 games were about survival. And while the team's record wasn't good, and we had a lot of questions about the culture that was being developed and and whether this team was truly taking those next steps that they said they were going to take, we still saw some really positive and interesting things. The Magic had to play Franz Wagner as their main ball handler, and that created 
some really special and interesting ideas and concepts for this team moving forward. I, I, I would say, you know, like, again, I, I, I repeatedly say this every time we talk about the postseason because I am a believer that this team should be going for the postseason and all and all that, but the season was never about wins and losses. I say that all the time. It's never really about wins and losses. It's about the things we learn along the way. It's about getting better development, all that, all that jazz, but it's about what we can learn about this team along the way so we can build the ideal version of this team around... It's two, three stars, whoever they are, um, certainly around Franz and Paolo, so we could build around them and make them as good as they can be. As everyone would say, obviously the big thing that this team needs is knockdown shooters, is good three-point shooting, probably some better perimeter defense, the ability, you know, the ability to slide Franz Wachter down to the three a little bit three a little bit more instead of having to play the two. There, there, there are things that still need balance and are out of whack with this team, but... It's all information. It's all good information. But I won't lie. Exiting the first quarter of the season, I was disappointed. I think I think if people put me on the spot for the grade that I would give them, I'd give them a C or a C plus. Um, simply because the injuries were just so great and and they and they fought their way through them, but they also weren't taking steps forward. They didn't look like they were becoming a winning team. They weren't leveling up, as they all put it. And so the past 20, 21 games now, uh, the second quarter of the season, became suddenly about stability, about consistency. You want to know why the Magic have won? You, don't want, to, you want to know why the Magic were, were 10-10 and 10, uh, during the second quarter of the season? You know, again, a 500 record for this group is monumental, but obviously a, a, group, a, a record that still has plenty of room for growth. Do you want to know why the Magic are 11-6 in their last 17 games? It's because of stability. It's because they haven't dealt with endless injuries all the time. It's because players have been able to fill and slot into roles and play those roles for extended periods of time. It is no coincidence that the Magic went on a six-game win streak during the run where they were playing the same starting five for 14 straight games. In fact, they won eight out of nine with the same starting five for such a long stretch of time. Something this team hasn't experienced, it feels like, in three years. And yeah, there's still guys going in and out of the lineup, but for about a two, three-week period, the Magic felt very stable. Everyone knew their job. Everyone knew their roles. Everyone knew exactly what they're doing. And the results followed. All those people who believed, and God love you, um, all those people who believed at the beginning of the season, this was a no-doubt play-in team, a no-doubt postseason team. The people who shouted fourth seed every opportunity they got, we saw that team. We saw what that team could look like over these past 20 games. Now, certainly there were fits and starts. You know, this team has been knocked knocked down a few times. The, the nine-game losing streak ended. They went on their big run. They got those essentially those nine games back. But now they're treading water a little bit. But this team expects to win every night. This team is winning far more often than they were in the first quarter of the season. And when we want to talk about a group leveling up, when we want to talk about a team taking that next step, that's what the second quarter of the season became. That's what this team reached. 
I was on a podcast Wednesday night. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know when the recording is going to come out, but uh, the host asked me then what grade would I give the Magic so far this season. And, and you know, you heard me say I, I think it's a C or C plus for the first quarter of the season. I would sit here today and say now it's a B or a B plus. The team, all the things that we asked for in the first quarter of the season where the team was struggling to string wins together, where the team was struggling to show progress, now that team has made significant progress. They have made significant steps forward. They have taken huge, huge leaps. Maybe not the leap. Maybe not the big leap toward, oh my God, this team is a play-in contender. But look, the NBA midseason media survey said the Magic have the second best young core in the league. People who watch this team, people who are seeing this team and seeing the skill level from guys like Franz and Paolo and the defense from Wendell Carter, they see a young group and are like, this team has something. And of course, the next step is now to nurture that something and to grow it into something real, into something that can compete in the postseason night after night after night after night. And and again, this is such a young team, they are learning some of these lessons. The loss of Sacramento was a key lesson in in learning how to manage success, how to manage expectations, how to find and gut your way on the road. And they applied those lessons the very next night against Portland. These are the things you want to see. These are the these are the moments of growth you want to see from a young team. The vibes around this team are unlike... You know, the closest thing I could say to the vibes around this team are the 2019 run when they went 22-9 um, to make the playoffs. Or frankly, uh, the, the 2015 run with Scott Skiles in December when they had a five, when they were above 500 in December 19 and 13 looked like they were going to make the playoffs obviously uh things derailed pretty quickly on that one with a two in January and, and all that all that jazz um magically jazz tonight uh, the second quarter of the season showed what stability to the lineup and what this team is capable of being And that's all we've asked of this season. And that leads us to our second quarter MVP. The player who exemplifies this consistency, this stability, the player that seems to give off the level-headedness this team needs. It's not the team's top scorer. It's the team's on-court leader. We'll chat about Markel Fultz and the impact he's made and why he's my second quarter MVP. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. I'm trying to track track my food a little bit more. But and and I know that I snack way too much. I just refilled my snack cabinet. I hate myself every time I do it. But those black and white cookies just taste so good. There's there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, so if you're like me and you want to eat a little bit healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then Built Bars are what you got to try. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolutions. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 1% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, not fake chocolate, not other substitute chocolates. It's real chocolate, trust me. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And that's what's even better is they're pretty healthy for you. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, a whopping 17 grams of protein. 
Obviously different than those other protein bars, which usually have double, uh, double the calories, double the sugar, double everything else except the protein. The protein content's probably comparable. You don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built at built bars at built.com, which of course you can still do. But now you can find them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get them in your hands today. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13 bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Check it out today at your local Walmart or Sam's Club or go to built.com to order your box today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So, why am I naming Markel Fultz my MVP of the second quarter of the season? Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro each average 20 points per game. They are on pace to be the first rookie-sophomore duo to average 20 points per game in the same season since 1997 when Allen Iverson and Jerry Stackhouse did it. They are on pace to be the first Magic duo to average 20 points per game in the same season since Shaq and Penny in 1996. Um, they are very, very good. And, and, and so I, I, I want to preface my explanation here by acknowledging how good those two guys are, how key those two guys are to everything the Magic do. I named Franz Wagner the first quarter MVP. Very easily could have named one of them the second quarter MVP. So yes, I am going with an off-the-board name to be a little controversial, to grab a few extra clicks, um, to, to tell a story, more, more importantly, because... Like I said, the story of the second quarter of the season was about stability and consistency. It was about this level-headedness, this evenness that this young team showed to start building up wins and to start putting together a a, a better track record and a better kind of vision of what they could do and what they could be. And so I think it's really, really, really important to, to, to just preface all that to say, like, look, Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner are very good. Um, I, I, I do plan on naming a first-half MVP. I don't know if we'll talk about it here on the show because once the season gets going, the season gets going. We'll have some time off next week to talk a little bit about it too. But um, but uh, but, uh, but it, it's important for me to, just, to note that. I'm not, I'm not discounting them. I'm not discrediting them. I'm not throwing them under the bus or, or saying less about them. What Markel Fultz does, though, like I said last week, doesn't always show up on a box score. His stats are fairly unimpressive. Let me pull, let me pull up his second quarter stats. Let's just, just carve those out. Um, in the second quarter of the season, so that'd be from November 30th, I believe, until, until, Tuesday, until Monday, Monday night, January 7th, or January 9th, 8th, whatever it was. Um... In the second quarter of the season, 
Fultz averaged 11.7 points per game and 5.5 and assists per game while shooting 47.6% from the floor overall. These are solid numbers. These are good numbers for a guy like Markel Fultz who struggles to shoot. Um, these numbers get the job done. He is a more than capable player and there are signs that he has grown in so many other ways. Some of his catch-all defensive statistics according to Basketball Index, he has gotten significantly better. And I think it's important to point these out too. Um, let me pull up my stat sheet here. Where'd that go? Why is that happening? Seventh percentile in... Fultz ranks in the 67th percentile in Defensive Raptor. Back in 2020, he was in the 21st percentile. Um, again, catch-all defensive statistics are definitely a little shaky sometimes, but... A good sign nonetheless. A good sign of the progress that he's making of what he is capable of doing and, and how much he has grown. He ranks in the 95th percentile in pickpocket rating according to Basketball Index. He ranks in the 97th percentile in steals per 75 possessions. The two steals per 75 possessions. Really impressive considering the, high, the number of minutes he plays. He's in the 86th percentile with uh, 3.2 deflections per 75 possessions. He does a lot of things really, really well. And he impacts the game in a ton of ways that aren't always so visible or always so clear. And so again, and, and even like, honestly, I'm still surprised by these numbers. The Magic are minus 3.8 net rating when he's on the court. Cole Anthony has a better net rating than him, uh, on-court net rating. And that tells you how good the bench was doing uh, for a little while earlier in the quarter, how the starters have kind of been up and down. Um, as everyone will note, the lineup with Bull Bull in there is a little clunky sometimes and probably something the Magic will consider changing now that they're going to begin reintegrating Bull Bull back into the lineup as well. Um, just something to keep an eye on. Fultz, though, makes everything work. Honestly, that's the biggest thing for me. Is that... You can't look at the numbers and get a sense of Fultz's impact. He is a game manager. He is a pace controller. When this team needs a drive or needs someone to kind of slow things down and get them organized, Fultz is the guy to do it. And more often than not, the Magic will get a decent shot because Markel Fultz is working to get it for them. He doesn't need to score to be effective. He doesn't need to be some dominant shooter to put his impact on the game, to put his thumbprints all over the game. He does that with every touch of the ball, every time. He's doing something with purpose. And yeah, sometimes you'll get a little wild going for shots and, and getting to the rim, but you'd rather have that than anything else. And he knows how to feed every mouth on this team. The numbers do not say it, but... You, if you watch these games, if you watch the Magic play, Markel Fultz makes this team better. If you watch this team play, Markel Fultz is a constant drumbeat of consistency. And again, that's what the second quarter of the season was for the Orlando Magic. It was that march to consistency. It was that march to stability. And that is what Markel Fultz gives this team. Again, so much of it cannot be captured in the box score. It's something you do have to watch and feel. Now, 
does that mean Marco Fultz is the, is the future point guard of the team? No, they're they're you know if we're gonna put the micro draw the microscope out, take a bigger picture look at things, like there are still questions about him, just like there are still questions about so many players on this young roster and, and, and what what is needed to make the next step for this team, which is eventually playing for the playoffs and and really taking that next leap. Not just being on the periphery of the postseason, not just building on good vibes, not just trying to grow and get better, but actually putting together results. So far, though, Fultz has been as instrumental as any player at building what results the Magic have. And they have no other player on the team like him. No other player with the feel for the game, with the ability to look for the right players, to look for uh, teammates, to look for the control, the pace, the control of the pace of the game. No one else has that ability. And there's, honestly, there's few players in the league that probably do have this ability. I mean, I, I'm not here saying Fultz is a top ten point guard or anything. That there are plenty of players that that do the job well, but Fultz really works for this team in a lot of ways. And the fact that he is willing to shoot, willing to attack space that is given to him because he's perceived as a bad shooter, makes him all the more important and effective because he understands his game most of all. The next 20 or so games are going to be about more tangible growth. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, I talked a little bit about it yesterday. We'll talk a little bit more about it coming up here in a minute. And Markel Fultz will have to continue to get better. And, 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 and push this team further and more forward. But already it's clear through this the last 20 games or so how critical he is to this team's success and this team's potential right now. And for, again, a quarter of the season that has been about finding stability and laying that groundwork, the Magic have done well to start moving things forward. And I think Marco Fultz deserves a lot of credit for that. And that's why he's my MVP for the second quarter of the season. We'll talk a little bit more about goals and what questions we have for the third quarter of the season or for the next 20 games. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and the 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So obviously we're already into the third quarter. We're one game in the third quarter season, so we're not that deep into it. But a lot's going to happen here in the next month, in the next twenty or so games. Um, this is, you know, it, it's this way for every team because the trade deadline just kind of sits there in the middle, of February sixth or seventh, whatever that Thursday is. Um, it's early this year; it's before the All Star break this year. Um, that it, it usually is, but um, it is going to be. Um, a really challenging and interesting month for this group. Um, everyone will probably say, you know, your first month is, is just kind of the pace setter. Your second month is recovery and kind of finding your place in the standings. The third quarter of your season, it, it you know, it's it's like golf. You know, you can't lose, the tur- you can't win the tournament on the first day, but you can lose it. Third, The third day is moving day. This is where teams make their moves. This is where teams really settle in into what they're going to be the rest of the season because for the most part, 20 games is not enough to make major moves. 20 games is not enough to make up, obviously, like a 10-game deficit. So you fall way off the pace. Suddenly, your season takes on a, a different kind of tone and different kind of tenor. A lot of what this third quarter of the season is going to center around is a little bit on the trade deadline. Um, I, I don't anticipate the Magic to do very much at the deadline, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I think the Magic are very happy with how their young group is growing and how their young group is coming together. I think, honestly, they're very happy with how the season's developed and they want to give this time, especially now that Jonathan Isaac's getting set to come back, give this group time to figure things out and to figure things out together. They know more than anyone what I was just talking about in in, in, in the whole show, that stability and consistency really matter for development. And to upset the apple cart to do some major move. I don't think that's what this front office wants to do. You know, Jeff Weltman has talked over and over and over and over and over again about not taking shortcuts, not skipping steps. They're not they're not going to go after the sugar high of making the playoffs or making the play-in tournament. They want that, sure. They're not going to be upset if this team rallies and makes makes it happen. The Magic are three games out of the final play-in spot. They they should believe that they can make that run. Um, you know, I, I think the players should, I, I mean, that's, again, that's another thing that is thrown into the next 20 games is the play-in tournament. How serious is this group about making the play-in tournament? But I would not expect help from the front office. I suspect that the rest of the league views the Magic as sellers. Um, and so unless the Magic are willing to make some major, major moves, they're going to have to sell off pieces and they're not going to get very much for them. I don't think Terrence Ross has a lot of value on the market. I, I don't think Mobamba has a lot of value on the market. Gary Harris, you might be able to get a heavily protected first. I think that's a pipe dream. You're probably looking at a second, maybe a, a, a young player um, who's kind of washed out. You know, like I know I've seen a bunch of Magic fans go say Cam Reddish. Um, Cam Reddish struggled in Atlanta, str- struggled in New York. You know, he could get passed around. That's 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 about it. But honestly, I have to ask, would the Magic be willing to part with Gary Harris with how important he is to this team? They still have another year with him. It's it's not like they're pressed to do anything. So personally, I, I am very skeptical that the Magic do anything major. 
you know, maybe they help Terrence Ross find a good home for for the for a playoff push, give him that opportunity so they can give Caleb Houston some more minutes. You know, maybe they search for some value for Mobamba. I am not optimistic they'll be able to find it, but that's neither here nor there. This with the trade deadline kind of looming in the background, and 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 to me again, not being a huge factor in, in my calculations. This third quarter of the season is going to be about finding that winning pressure. It's about it's about feeling and answering that winning pressure. The players are openly talking about it. I think the coaching staff is a little more hesitant. I think Jamal Mosley is a little bit more hesitant to speak about the play-in tournament in front of the media because I don't think he wants to put that external pressure on the team. But I'll be greatly disappointed if the Magic are not putting that internal pressure on this team. They're in the race. And like I said, success or failure for the season, how you evaluate the season, is not determined by whether they make that race or whether they win enough games to to stay in the race. But you want to test this team with winning pressure. You want to test this team a little bit and see how they respond to saying like, hey, we have to win this game because Chicago lost the other day and we got to make up a game. Or we got a six-pointer Saturday night against the Washington Wizards on the back end of a back-to-back. Are you going to be able to answer the call and, and, and compete and get a win? The Magic don't, you know, There's you could learn a lot in failure. And the beauty of this season is failure is okay. Failure teaches you something. You can take those learning lessons. But you got to be in position to get those learning lessons in the first place. You got to be in position to create these opportunities to learn and grow in the first place. And that's where the Magic are today. It's not where they were last year at this point of the year. Last year at this point of the year, they were done. Season was over. They were just playing out the string. Looking to lot look, you know, looking slightly to the lottery with the front office, players on the roster just trying to grind their way through the rest of the season. This year, the Magic have something to play for. This year, the Magic are in the race. They are, they are, you know, on the back end of the race, on the back of the peloton, but they are in the race. And they have the chance to move up. And our big ask this season was frankly play meaningful games through the All-Star break. Get to the all-star break and still be playing meaningful games. Right now, the goal for the third quarter of the season is get to the fourth quarter of the season and still be playing meaningful games. Still have that winning pressure. Still be in the race. And I don't think that's a huge ask. If the team plays about 500 basketball they should still be in this thing. They may, they may, if they play 500, they may fall a little bit off the pace, but they should still be in it and still should be able to play games that have some meaning or, or games that they can at least create some meaning in that fourth quarter of the season. And that's where this team is at. That's the next step for this team is to win games more consistently, to feel the pressure of a playoff chase, to make winning such a habit that it's not a surprise or a celebration when they win. It's expected. That's a hard thing to do, especially with such a young team that's never done it before. And that's the beauty of the season is the Magic can learn that lesson and get through it. They can do it that way. They can learn. They can learn and grow just based off of that. But they have to actually do it. They have to actually take these important steps. They have to actually feel that pressure. And whether they succeed or fail, 
They've just got to play meaningful games. And that's what our focus is on the third quarter of the season. Over the next 20 or so games, the focus will be solely, not just on growth, because you know winning is a product of growth. It will be focused on how this team handles whatever internal pressure they have or they're putting on themselves to stay in this postseason chase. This team is talented enough and they are good enough to do it. The question is whether they will show the consistency, the resolve, the mental, the mental toughness to do it themselves. And it's just not something that you do until you do it. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Monday through Friday, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Rossman, right? We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.